What's happening, everybody? I had to open up today's podcast with Flatbush Zombies, Headstone. Um, Flatbush Zombies. Like, I've always been a fan of Flatbush Zombies ever, going, ever since going back to Thug Waffle. I think it came out in 2012, if I'm not mistaken. I think. I think Thug Waffle came out in 2012. But I've always been a fan of them. But what happens with Flatbush Zombies is I kind of... I kind of get on the hype train. I listen to a ton of their music for a couple of days. Then I jump off the train. And I'll forget. Not forget about them, but I won't listen to any of their stuff for a couple of months. It's been about a year. And then I'll think about them one day. Like, oh, yo, what about that song, Flatbush Zombies, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm back on the hype train, and I'm on Flatbush Zombies for for a week or two. Um and then I'm then I'll jump off. I don't know what it is about their group. It's not like I don't like their music. I love their music. It's just I don't know what it is about them. They're ne- they're never in a constant rotation for me. But every single time um I'm back on they they get back in my rotation. I I love all their I love all their music. So uh, I had to get on the Flatbush Zombie, open it up. It felt right. Headstone felt right to open up the podcast. Uh, yesterday, while I after the Manchester United match, I had the whole day to myself at the house, and so like I, I like to take the weekends to to like kind of catch up, um, just on shit in my house, like you know get do laundry, do this, do that. I'll catch all the little things that I missed throughout all the week, and just to relax play fifa because my wife and my son like to leave um you know they do whatever they do on the weekends and i just like to stay home and yesterday i found myself 
uh, watching Travis Scott's concert uh, from Houston. He just did recently. And I got to tell you, I was jumping up and down in my house like as if I was at the concert. Bro, I can't tell you how how hype just like the energy that comes through um on his performances always get me hype and over the summer leading up to Astro World, he um he put out his tour dates and it just so happens that he's coming to Miami the day after my birthday, November 11th. Um and I can't fucking wait. I can't wait. I, I, I'm already, I'm already planning, uh, I gotta get my tickets already soon, because it's coming up, we're, shit, that's in a few weeks, it's December 21st, that's in a few weeks, I gotta get going with, uh, getting my tickets already for that, fuck, I didn't even realize how close we were, November 11th, oh, fuck, I'm gonna be, my birthday's November 10th. I'm going to be old as hell, 35 years old. Never in a thousand years did I think I would get to this age. Never. I never thought about being 35, five years away from 40. Fuck. I'm going to be an old man. God damn. Listen, for all the young guys that are listening to this, uh, you're going to be old. Newsflash. You're going to be fucking old one day, and you're not even going to, like, you're not even gonna process it. It's not in me. Like you're, you're gonna wake up one day and you're gonna be like, "Holy shit, I'm not 20." What I, re- bro, I remember being 21. I remember the, the, the weekend that I turned 21. Me and my boys, we went. Uh, we I was in university and we went to, uh, the Caribbean conference. So, um, I was in the Caribbean Students Association. Not because of, like, all, like, the positive things. No, bro. It was because the Caribbean Students Association threw the best parties at that time. And what they did was two times a year, um, they would do a conference. The one part of the year was in South Florida, and the other part of the year was in North Florida. So the North students can come down to the South and the South. And during these conferences the student associations would rent a hotel out, two or three hotels out, and it was just a party from Friday to Sunday, a straight party. So the conference, the year that I was turning 21, happened to be on my birthday weekend. So me and my boys went up there, and when I tell you that the first thing I did when we got to the hotel was go on my floor with a red solo cup. And for those, uh, I don't know if in the UK or abroad, they have solo cups. So what they are is just a red plastic cup. If you Google them, solo cups, you'll see them. They're just notorious for parties. Every barbecue, every every time you see an American something or other. Oh, touchdown, Miami Dolphins. Who are the Kenny Stills? Kenny looks hurt. Kenny Stills looks hurt. Thumbs up with him. Oh, oh, shit. Kenny Stills ran into a lady (laughs) on his touchdown. He ran right into her. Oh, shit. I hope the lady's all right. And he gives her a football. Damn. 
here we go. Here's the play. Hold on. Hold on. I'll get back to the story. Here's the play. Here's the play. Can he steals square out? It was an out route. Catches it. Boom! Hits the lady. She wasn't even paying attention. Oh my god. It was a security lady. Touchdown. Bomb! Crashes right into her. And the poor lady goes headfirst into the ground. She was a steward working at the stadium. Poor lady. Damn. Hope she's all right. Hope she's all right. That's workman's comp. I would play that workman's comp, boy. Shit. But anyway, so the Caribbean Students Conference, and we get, I get my red solo cup. I get my red solo cup, and I start knocking on my floor, door to door. Door opens up, put my red cup into the door. People laugh. They already know what time it is. You already know what that cup means. That means it's time for alcohol. They were pouring me whatever alcohol was there. Take it to the head next door. Boom. I went through my entire, not the entire floor. If we were staying on like room, whatever. If we're, you know what, Christian? You would think by now I'd be a little bit more professional. (laughs) And I would have my phone on mute. So I started drinking. And by the time I got back to my room, I was dead. Dead. And that was my weekend because for the rest of it, um, after that point, was a fog. It was a legit fog. So I remember that. I remember 2005 when I bought my BMW, brand new, right off the lot. Shit, 2005, that was thir- 13 years ago? 13 years ago. I remember that shit. And here I am, 35 years old. I could give two shits about weekends and brand new cars. All I care about is my son. Like, it's funny how time changes. But anyways, enough with the fucking reminiscing. It's not what you guys came here to hear. So for this podcast, I got my homie Diluted Blue. He and I have been going back and forth on Twitter to get him onto the podcast since the end of july and finally we made it happen and this podcast you're going to enjoy because he was at the match yesterday at stanford bridge for our 2-2 uh draw versus united um and we we have a match review and it was pretty good man you're going to enjoy this podcast we were very thorough we went over everything he provides phenomenal insight and i uh and i do what i do which is Whatever I do, I don't even know how to, how to well, like what even to quantify. Like what well, you know what? Like what the fuck do I do? I'm the host of the show. But anyways, it sounds so douchey when you have to like, like uh, categorize yourself. But fuck it. I, relax. I already know what you're saying. This dude, there's dudes right now. Like shut the fuck up and get to the interview. Relax, motherfuckers. I got it. So here it is, the homie. Diluted Blue, my boy Blue, your boy, everybody's boy. Um, without further delay, here he is. I'll catch you on the back half of the interview. What's going on, everybody? I'm here with the homie. Well, well, my man, let me ask you: Are we going by your government name, or we're going by Twitter name? How do you want me to call you? Um, you can call me Carlos. You can call me Diluted Blue. Um, go with the Luda Blue. That's my Twitter name. That's how I'm working up. So, yeah, it's all good. 
All right, we're here with my man, my boy Blue. Deluded Blue. It's been dude, how long have we you and I been going back on Twitter to get you on the podcast? Look, I'm I'm actually I wanted to come on time ago, but I thought, you know what? Let me talk to him when I've been to a match. I don't want to talk to you when, you know, I've just sat at home and, and watched the game. I want to actually go there and then come back and tell you about my experience. Because, again, I don't really go to Stamford Bridge often. Last time I've been was February. So okay. I wanted to talk to you with a bit more meaning, a bit in depth, you know, and share my experience with you and many others. Perfect, perfect. So, and just for the record, the first time you and I, the first message exchanged on Twitter through DMs was July 26th. So it's been a long, long, long time. But you know what? All good things, you know, you got to wait. All good things, we got to wait for things, you know? So, um, my man, I wanted to get you on, and this was perfect, perfect, perfect that, that you come on on the podcast, having been at Stanford Bridge after a massive game, like we, yesterday we didn't play, we didn't play like, you know, no disrespect, but we didn't play a Fulham, we didn't play a Huddersfield Town, we didn't play yeah. somebody like a Burnley, we played Manchester United, and I don't care, I don't care if they are top of the league or in league, you know, like they're relegated and they're or in their championship. It doesn't matter when you play in Manchester United. It's always a big game, and I, I just like this is perfect timing. This is perfect timing. So, exactly, man. talk to me. So before we get into the match, like take me to Stanford Bridge yesterday. What was the energy in, in at the bridge? What was the vibe in the crowd? To be honest with you, mate. For me personally, the journey I had to to go through to get to Stamford Bridge in the first place was literally leaving my house at 6 in the morning to get there for that 12.30 kickoff, and I didn't hit home until half 11 so it was really close to a 12 hour round journey and listen last time I went to Stamford Bridge was when we played Arsenal in the, it was in the League Cup in January I think it was January um, where we drew 0-0 I don't and going to, Stamford, going to Stamford Bridge I was hyped man like I was so hyped. Like I, I literally went and brought the third kit yesterday as well, and I'm wearing that now because I love it. You know, I've got a hazard on the back. You know, just to go in a mega store, have a look at the, the trophy references that they've got, it's just a, a great feeling, buzzing feeling. Walk around the stadium now, and there used to be a picture of Mourinho with his three fingers um, holding up with the Premier League trophy when he last won it with us in 14-15. Uh, and that had gone. And <laughs> ideally, I went there. Bro, I went there to take a picture with it. You know, but um, it was gone. I was like, oh, okay, you know, they still got Conte up there, but got inside the ground now. I saw this. I don't know if you saw it, that massive hazard banner that I found. Oh, paid yes, for. yes, 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 yes. Tell, I think it's you... incredible that fans do these things. Like, you know, it's incredible. If I had the money, I'd love to try to do that, but let's just hope it, you know, um, he sees, he saw it and it, he hopefully stays. But I got into Stamford Bridge and honestly, I thought the atmosphere was quite flat. It didn't feel to me while I was in there. It was a it was a top game. Like we're playing Man United here. It was I was sat in a Matthew Harding upper and it was very, very quiet and wow. very subdued. I don't know if it was, it was because of the type of football we were playing, because let's be honest, the type of football we were playing in the first half, it was very slow passing. Normally Sorrible was quicker, you know. 
But yeah, I was I overall disappointed with the atmosphere. Damn. Because I could tell you one thing, like for me, my day started. I woke up, I was so excited for this game. I went to bed early as fuck. I went to bed like ten o'clock and I was up at two. I'm like, is it six yet? <laughs> I was like, damn, it's not six yet. I got up at four. I'm like, is it six yet? I'm like, damn, it's not six. Yo, I got up at six and I flew out of my bed. I started getting I I got ready. I made breakfast. Mind you, it is at six o'clock in the morning. And my, it, it, right now, since we haven't changed the time to uh, fall back, are, have we? Have we fall, all, fallen back? I don't know how this um, time change works, but it is pitch black. And I'm here, like, making breakfast. I'm getting all my shit ready for the match. I was hype. I was hype. And I had to watch, like, I had to watch the game pretty much, like, you know, in my living room by myself. I'm wearing my blue I got a uh, a blue flag. I got like um when Chelsea came here last time. Well, every time they come, they always hand out and give out uh Chelsea flags. Yeah. So yeah, I got yeah. a few of them. And I there's one in particular, the first one I got, that that's the one that I, I, I wrap it around my head or like I hold it like that's my scarf. Like you know what I'm saying? Like even though I have scarves, I use that as my scarf. And yeah, you know, I was hype. I was I was absolutely hype. So Man, so it, it kind of it kind of bums me out that damn that the atmosphere wasn't wasn't up you know because like it's hard to tell like on TV like there was times during the match where I could tell it was quiet at Stanford Bridge yeah but I don't know I don't know what you know like I don't know what the definition of quiet means in that sense like is it quiet? on tv and it's really not that quiet in real life or is it quiet period (laughs) i am hearing exactly what it sounds like over there i I always i always wonder with that you know i thought you know you know the year when um, leicester won the league yeah and has scored that amazing goal yep um the battle of the bridge at at tottenham yeah i was there i think he was in the shed end and that atmosphere was unreal. The best game I say I've ever been to. Last the sixteen seventeen under Conte when we beat Man City two one and Hazard scored um the well he scored a brace uh, the penalty. I was there as well. Atmosphere was electric. I come here now and it's like I'm expecting the same thing, but it just wasn't. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because of the twelve thirty kickoff. Maybe if it was if it was like an evening game, you know? Because yeah, I think the best atmospheres are always them evening games. In, Under in the my lights. Opinion. Under the lights. Yeah, exactly. But it just didn't give me that, you know, that energy. But before the game, you know, a lot of people that I saw the match reviews and match thoughts before the game, a lot of people were confident going into the game. And I messaged my boy, who's a Man United fan, and I said to him, you know, my gut feeling is telling me we ain't going to win today, you know. And he was like, no, you're going to beat us 3-1. And I'm saying, nah, my gut feeling is telling me, you know, Man United are going to do something. This was even before I saw the lineup. But what were your thoughts um, approaching a game, did you? How did you feel that the game was going to pan out? Well, I, I I was definitely confident. Um, I, I I was most confident not of the score, but was mm. I was most confident on the fact that we were going to outplay them. Um, mm. I I knew that we were out going to we were going to outplay them, and 
I knew that if we outplay them, provided that no fuckery happens, we should mm. come out of there with three points. Turns out that that's exactly what we got was fuckery. Um, but because, like, I, I was I was definitely confident that we were going to play them, uh, uh, pl- outplay them. Um, but I honestly, there's rare times when I'm like, no, no, no. We're going to come out of there with three points and the score line is going to be, you know, whatever it is, 2-0, 3-0, I, I, I don't, I don't necessarily, my mind doesn't work like that. I'm more Ooh. confident, you know, I'm, I'm better at, okay, we're going to get three points. We're going to get a point. I don't know if we're going to get anything here. I, I, I'm not, I, I don't know why. Like I, I don't I don't feel comfortable with score scoreline predictions. Just more yeah. wins, losses, Cheaper. and draws. So, uh, all right. Well, yeah, yeah. No, not to cut you off. I look at I look sorry. I look at it this way. I look at Mourinho in the past. Wenger could never beat Mourinho. You know the type of football that we're playing now, the passing possession football. I don't know. Mourinho always seems to have a plan, and people say that his game management's gone. Even with Klopp, you know the type of football Klopp plays at Liverpool. You know, again, he struggles to beat Mourinho. You know, only Pep really. And even went to Man City last year and beat Pep's team. So, yeah. I don't know about it. Like, people say Mourinho's game management's gone. But I think against possession, possession-based football teams, you know, he can actually master a plan and find a way to, to beat them. Bar, obviously, bar the days that Barca Real Madrid when Pep was there, etc. Because Pep absolutely ruined him. But... The guy, the guy's conniving. The guy's always got a plan for these the, these teams that play similar type, well, possession-based football. Whereas I think, whereas Conte and versus Mourinho, they're similar managers, and I think that's where Mourinho also struggles as well. If you know, if you understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, yeah. I I think. Shit, we could get into it right now. Then, um, tactically, I I. I, what, what, all right. Well, before we get into the match, we're just just resting on uh, Mourinho and just football yeah. managers in general, uh, and in in sports across the board. I'm always cautious on criticizing the. I'm always cautious on criticizing managers or players in all sports. Meaning, mm-hmm. look, this is a job, and. Yeah. These guys are, are performing a job. And let's just approach it as a business, as you're trying to apply for a job. You know what the type of resume you need to be to get to management of, of Manchester United? You have to have a resume that 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 proves that you are worthy of it. And this includes and I'm not taking anything away. I'm not forgetting uh, Moyes. All right. I'm not forgetting that as dumb Moise. as Moyes is as bad as Moyes performed at Manchester United. He did a hell of a lot better than I would in that spot, you know, yeah. because I have no, I have no reference point. I have no experience. He did a lot better than, you know, most, most human beings on planet earth. We're talking about a 1%, uh, you know, 1% group of humans that can actually perform that job. So I'm always careful with that because, like, like let, let's let's not kid ourselves. Like Jose Mourinho, when he holds up those three fingers, like yeah. I'm with him. <laughs> I'm with him. Like 
that's mm. an accomplishment and a half again that that 1% of the 1% do not accomplish the champions league victories mm. no how many humans are going to come and go are going to live and die having accomplished what this man has accomplished so i never i'm very very careful or even even you know like Bro, we all talk shit. We all talk shit. Everybody talks shit. And even if, you know, like my emotions in the moment of talking shit get away from me, at the heart, at the core of my beliefs is, hey, these guys have more knowledge in their in one of their hairs on their ball sack of whatever sport that they're coaching and managing than I have in my entire body. And that's just facts. Like, like easy, bro. Easy with your talking shit. Yes. Could could you or I or any of the fans gone to one of those uh Barcelona teams that were managed by Pep and go, hey, uh, Messi, uh, the rest of you guys, uh, do me a favor, do that thing that you do, uh, and I'm just gonna <laughs> sit over here. I'll just hang back, <laughs> you know. Call me when you need some water or something. Sure, there's there's teams that we could have, you know, managed. And just let them do their thing, and they would have been okay. But exactly. you, you know, there's gonna be moments in there where you're gonna have to have some knowledge and, and some experience to be able to uh, have these guys perform at the highest levels. So I'm always careful yeah. with that. You know what I'm saying? I'm always careful. Yeah. So coming into this match, I was I was super super confident that we were gonna outplay them, and by yeah. and large, I'm looking at the possession here uh we ended yeah. up the game at the possession at 62 percent. they had 38 yeah. percent shots on goal 21 shots on goal uh six on target they had seven shots on goal four on target and without going and looking into much more statistics i think that pretty much tells you everything that we need to know yeah that not I I I, I, th I think that's it right there because in the first half, yeah, we had the ball. I, I even put it on Twitter. Like Mourinho was playing prevent defense, we were sitting back and having mm -hmm. our way. But what did you see in the in the stands? Like we were having our way with them, no? Like yeah, no, we were. But the way I mean, I was watching Lukaku. Lukaku was running from left to right, from left to right. It was funny watching Lukaku because he wasn't. He was so isolated. He wasn't getting the ball. But for me, we had all the possession in the world, but we just didn't create anything clear cut. And it was the chance before um, Rudiger scored the goal, where I was literally cussing because Hazard was made a driving run into the box with the ball, and no player made that run no i mean a striker's uh -huh. instinct is to uh -huh. running behind getting there and tap the ball in and Marat is just staying with his defender really is <sighs> stationary you know no right. one's busting i've got to get in there and i'm i'm, I'm screaming at this point you know <laughs> Go on. no 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 okay okay here we go here we go let's let's get into let's get into the lineups all right let me mouse turn okay. on all right, so here is the lineups. So, and this is important. I want to do the lineups because then we can get into getting on certain players' asses on their performance yesterday. Yeah. So we had for Chelsea. This was the starting eleven. You have Kepa, Alonso, David Luiz, Rudiger, Aspilicueta. No surprises there. Midfield: Kovacic, okay. Jorginho, Conte. The only question there was was Ross Barkley going to start over Kovacic because Ross Barkley uh -huh. has been playing great. 
so far. And even that, yeah. I want to put a little asterisk on it. He has been playing very, very well. But mm-hmm. I do think there's a little bit of hype behind his name that kind of is inflating his performances. Then up top, Hazard, William, Morata. Okay. I, I, in my opinion, Morata and William don't start. I would have gone with Giroud and Pedro. Thoughts? What are you like? like nah, I completely agree. When I saw the my, well, when I saw the Man U lineup. The forty-three-one. Uh, I was quietly, I was shocked that he was playing Martial, Mata, Rashford. That told me the guys come here to ball, you know. And I knew he was gonna come at some stage. But when I saw the Chelsea lineup, you know, um, Murat and William for me, I just couldn't understand. I was, I couldn't understand it. You know, I saw Giroud and Pedro on the bench because when Giroud, Pedro has a play, play together um, as a front three, they're close to each other, they link up, you see the little tippy-tappy Giroud and Hazard have together, the understanding they have, you know, he knows where the ball's going to go. Same with Pedro, the link-up's ten times better, so I was slightly concerned, you know, when I saw William and, and Marata and going into that, like, what do, what do you think we should do? Are you a fan of William? You know, we, we were offered 60 mil for William in the summer, you know, what I did, how would you want that transfer to have gone? I would have. I, I've said it on. I've said it on Twitter a thousand times, and I've said it on this podcast a million times. If I was Chelsea in the summer, I would have yeah. taken it, it. I has it come out officially that Barcelona and or and or another club officially submitted a bid for William, or is it just I'm one of sure. these speculations? I feel like they would just deny it anyway. You know, I'm. Unsure. I do believe there was serious interest. Okay, in, in fairness. But um, I feel like they would just deny it anyway. Okay, so let's just say I would have taken now any no, do I want Chelsea to let William go on a free? Hell no. He's better on our team than he is to be let go for free. However, if there was serious interest to let a twenty nine year old William go with who his best performance ever was eight goals, nine goals in a season for 50 to $60 million. I would have taken that money and ran as fast as I can the other way, because that man, I don't get it. I I don't get why he starts. Pedro is the better option has been the better option this season. Maybe in years past, you can make an argument for, for William versus Pedro, but this season there is no argument. Pedro yeah, no is one. the starter. He and especially looking back on the game, especially knowing that United. I mean, I, I don't know if you knew this, but I definitely overlooked the uh, the the thought that they were gonna pack. Well, no, I had said it that they were gonna pack in the box, but I didn't even think about. Yeah, it should have been Pedro and Giroud starting because there is that interplay between the front three that is way better than Morata and William. And and, and now that I've said his name, Morata, Jesus, Jesus Christ, the, I, I'm I'm done with him. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. That run that I mean, you're talking about with Hazard cutting yeah. into the box. I literally said, I, I. if you look at my Twitter timeline, one of the what the fuck are you doing, Morata, goes directly to that play. Because... I'm sorry. It's the striker's instinct to, to make a run into that box. If he hasn't, if he can't do that, 
This guy, this guy is not a striker, man. He's done out here. Like, he's not a proper striker. He hasn't got that striker's instinct, man. What is he doing? I don't, I don't know, bro. I really don't know. I I, I, I saw that play, and I, I hadn't... I, how do you how do you like how do you not make a run again again if this was a six on six you know five on five at your local you know field or whatever and you're not making that run uh, whatever like but this is a professional footballer how does he not know especially when you have Eden Hazard that you need to continue running into the box. Like, what is he doing? Like, what is he waiting for? Like, it's not like he's going to be off sides. Like, Hazard uh, is on the, uh, the touchline, is on the line. Like, you're not going to be off sides if you're, if you're hanging back. What are you doing? Continue your run. Follow him. You never know. What if Hazard would have shot it in and De Gea would have rebounded? Or, you know, like, exactly. anything could happen. What are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm exactly. done with him. I'm done. I'm done with him. I, I mean, can I just add on? Go on William, for it, bro. There, Go for it. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of people that try and I don't have any hate for William or Maratta. You know, I just don't think they're good enough. And I think I saw a tweet this week about um, Bayern Munich letting go of that Bernat because he nearly cost him in the Champions League. Uh-huh. And I think we need to share that same energy and be ruthless with these players like like William and Maratta. Don't reward William because I saw. We're gonna potentially try and offer William on a five-year contract. A five-year contract. Wait, 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 stop, 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 stop. Yeah, what did I you just say? I, it was a article in the Telegraph. I think it was a Chelsea reporter, Simon Johnston. I don't know if you've seen him around, but yeah, yeah, yeah. he reports that you know we're ready in a five-year contract offer for William, and I'm thinking for what. <laughs> You know, and I think we need to share the same energy that other top oh. clubs, other elite clubs do, you know, and getting rid of players that don't contribute, that don't give us value for money. But there is an argument where people say that William um, is limited on the right because he performs better on the left. And I don't hear it at all. I think even top Brazilian, you know, the top Brazil accounts is, um, I think it's at Salatiar Brazil or something, you know, who constantly slates William because William was often deployed on the left for Brazil and didn't really perform, didn't contribute to goals and assists. Okay, he would do his, there's moments where he would do his little bits of skill and it's made into a video clip on, on Twitter. But other than that, the guy contributes to nothing. Um, but on Maratta as well, um, there was a lot of the times where the ball was in the air a lot. And the guy was winning no aerial duels. Now, why? this is why I don't understand why Giroud didn't start. Because I know we like to play out from the back. We like to play out from the floor. I thought Kepa's kicking yesterday was probably one of the worst we've seen, actually. I don't think he was mm. that great. But constantly, I mean, even the corner. There was a corner at the... Um, I was just thinking about Diego Costa. There was a corner. And Maratta's going up and he's tapping De Gea on his shoulder and having a joke with De Gea. Normally, that's Costa. Costa's elbowing. I don't care if they're Spanish counterparts. Costa's elbowing who's there, pushing them away. You know, and he's, Costa, Maratta just seems too nice, too friendly, constantly goes down. The guy's, what, six foot two? I, I don't I don't know. He, he's the, he, he's the floor all the time. Bro, it, it, the, when it comes to Maratta... The problem, and I've always said this, the problem is he reminds us of Fernando Torres and he reminds us of Diego Costa. And that's mm. a problem. And, yeah, like, Fernando Torres, like, he had won our hearts because you saw him, his effort, his drive, 
and he just couldn't score. Mm. This is not, and I thought that this is what we're dealing with with Morata, but I don't ever remember going to, I remember more, I think Fernando Torres, his his time at Chelsea, if we have to, uh, if we have to uh, compare, Fernando Torres' time with Chelsea was more Olivier Giroud than it is Alvaro Morata. Excuse me. <clears throat> Still getting over this cold. So, with Giroud, he doesn't score. However, he does everything. You see him trying. Yeah. You see him hustling. You see his desire, his passion. You I'll see hold, everything. But with Morata, like, come on, man. Like, all right. It was in the second half. Um, but when he went to go behind Paul Pogba to steal the ball from him, from the back, Paul Pogba mm. didn't do anything. Morata ran in the back of him. It was like he hit a brick wall and he falls down mm. on the ground. And again, <laughs> I don't have a problem. I really don't have a problem. If you if you if we have to make a list of all the things with Morata and and, and, and for everybody listening, we'll we'll we're gonna get into the the game and and the goals and all that stuff. But while we're on the topic mm. of Morata, I don't have a problem with him falling. I don't have a problem with him missing. I have a problem with his effort. That is the one thing that is not up for debate. It's not up for questioning mm. and heart. Your effort, okay. Listen, there's nothing he could do if he's shooting a million shots, like like Conte shot yesterday. Conte did oh. the best he could do. He shot, hit it hard, hit it right, and De Gea came up and made a save. It was a quality no, save. Right yeah, it was a me. great was save. That was that was going in. That was going in, yeah. and he came up with a great save. Conte did everything he could possibly do in that moment. To put a ball in the back of the net, and David De Gea came up with a save. There's nothing he could yeah. do, but more the effort is not lacking there. But with Morata, I see him. Yeah, does he run around? Sure, awesome. But then he falls. Why is he falling? I, okay, I don't have a problem with him falling if I see Matic blasting him on the side of his shoulders yeah. or a defender or something, and you say, you know what? Dude, there's nothing he could do. He's running as fast as he can, and a bigger man with better technique came in and blasted him. But I see these things, and I'm like, no, no, no. You can't tell me that you were out-muscled there. You can't tell me that you applied all the force and all the technique you could possibly can to not fall in that spot. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that that you're you are giving maximum effort. You can't. That run that you just pointed out with with Hazard going into the box and he shot it, he he crossed it on a low cross on the ground. If that was the only chance, if that was the only time that we could point out, like, damn, Morata, you know, bro, like, you need to be making a run there. That'd be one thing. But, you know, and if all the other games he's making a run or whatever, and it was just in that moment he was human and he had a brain fart, you know what I'm saying? In that moment and he didn't make the run, that'd be one thing. But, and this is true to life and work, period. When you have negative energy and negative vibes already Ooh. building up and it's building and it's building, it takes a miracle, an act of God for for you to 
stop that train and start anew to hit the reset button. And right now, it's just building. It's building. Morata could have done a hundred things perfect, not scored, not fallen, but now this run that he didn't make is another thing that we're pointing exactly, to. Uh, you know, uh, the the Pogba play is now another thing that we're pointing to. All these little things that we keep pointing to, that keep pointing to, is building and building and building and building and building to what eventually needs to happen. The man needs to go. I, 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 while he's on the team, I'll support him. I'll hope that he does well. We need him to do well. But I think at this point, everybody knows the outcome at this. He cannot be on the fair. team. He can't. He can't be on the team. Yeah, of course he can't. Um, I think it was a massive mistake by Sorry as well. Um, you know what? I saw an article. I don't know if there's any truth in that, but I saw an article on. Apparently, William and Morata, um, William and Hazard, sorry, they don't want to pass the ball to Morata. I don't know if you saw it doing that. I saw on that Twitter. too. I saw that too. Yeah, it's like it might not be true, but if you want Hazard to stay and sign a new contract, then we boy, we better splash some money on this new striker because <laughs> it just made me laugh. The fact that William was in there too, because I'm sure Hazard probably don't want to pass the ball to William as well because it's going to go to nowhere. But back on the striker situation, I think for me, you know, sorry. His judgment, he got that wrong. You know, I think yeah. he loaned out Michi Bachiwai too early. But then again, can you even blame Sari alone? Because you know how Chelsea Football Club like to, and the board, they like to profit off players. Yeah. They like to, rather, they'd rather have the money, you know. They probably thought at the same time, you know what, we've got Morata and Giroud. Let's give Sari that, them two, and then we'll make some money off Michi Bachiwai. So I can't even actually blame Sari because that's how our club works. But I would have definitely liked to have Mishi Batshuayi, you yeah. know, as an option, and hopefully we can recall him in January. I I don't, I don't even know. I I don't even know. But we need to do something. We need to do something. Um, and, and it, but it all depends. Like, ultimately, at the end of the day, when it comes to this season, yes, I do believe we're going to be title challengers. Um, but as long I don't want us to be title challengers to. Mm-hmm. If it's going to mean that Hazard doesn't sign a long-term contract, if it means that next year uh, we're going to fall flat on our faces because the board is just going to paper cracks um, and think that we're good enough to challenge for the title now in Sarri's year two. I want, if at the end of the season, May, what is it, May, whatever, June 1st, because I I know that in mid-May is our last game, but June 1st, we look back and we we could say these things. We could say that Hazard signing a new contract or has signed a new contract. Conte has signed a long-term contract. We finished top okay. four. We got a trophy. And we are addressing our deficiencies in the starting 11. That's all I want. That's all I want. I don't, you know, what trophy? I'm not asking for the Premier League title, you know, a Europa League, an FA Cup, even the Carabao Cup, just to get that, you know, just to to show that we had a successful season. But even then, for me personally, it's not necessary because this season, I mean, this is what I constantly argue and I constantly scratch my head and, and, and pull my hair out with this team. We are so close. We are so close to being a legit elite team and we have been for years if these if if the board members could just sit down 
and just decide for this team to be an elite team. We're right there. We have Eden Hazard. Whether, again, he is a top four player, top five player. I don't care where you put him in the top five. But he belongs there. And we need to recognize that that is so rare. That is rare to have a guy so special. We need to take advantage. We're not going to have it forever. Five years from now, six years from now, we're going to look back on these times. And we might not have a player of that caliber at that time. You know, it's just too bad that we brought in a, a manager like Sari that can bring the best out of Hazard at this time because he is 28, you know, in January. Yeah. You know, exactly. The managers that we brought in don't really haven't really complimented the type of players that we've got. So, I mean, the club have addressed, you know, the type. The club have addressed, you know, the manager that we do need to make Hazard happy and bring out the best of his abilities in Sari. We just need the board to come out and get us the players now to make us a, an elite team. I mean, what areas would you strengthen? I know for me it would be striker and, and a right winger. Yeah. So where would you personally go for? I would I would do the same. I, I don't I don't our midfield <clears throat> excuse me guys. Um our midfield do we need an upgrade on Kovacic? Then again Question, would you sign Kovacic permanently, knowing that he's not that goal-scoring midfielder that we need? Um, I would. I would. I like I liked the would way you? he plays. I, I like the way he plays. Like the guy yesterday, balled out yesterday. <laughs> Completely I, balled out in the first half. But again, he seems to me like a first-half player. You know, I don't know what his half, deal is. I don't know what his deal is. I don't know why... I, I don't know. It seems like there is something within his makeup or within everywhere yeah. he plays. He only plays 70 minutes. <laughs> yeah, Why? Like his, stamina, his stamina is not there or something. He's only effective in, in the first 50, 60 minutes. Like, so what's, what's going on? Yeah. I, um. Ultimately, I would sign. I, I would go all out on two positions, and that is striker yeah. and right winger. If they don't sign anybody else for anywhere else, I'm fine. Um, I would just sign those two positions, right winger, striker, splash the cash, a set aside $200 million for those positions, set aside 150. I don't care what you set aside, mm -hmm. but those two positions need to be addressed. Eden Hazard needs a counterpart. Mm -hmm. He needs a counterpart. Yesterday, Mourinho was able to isolate plan strategize tactically remove Eden Hazard from the game because there was no counterpart um on his right side it's hard to cancel out one person um if the other is on the other side equally as threatening um and then if you had a striker you know that that could do something so those are the two positions but um getting back into the first half of the game the, okay. All right. So at where is it? Where is it? Where is it? There it is. At 21 minutes into the game, Rudiger on a corner scores uh, a header, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful, powerful header. Uh, he he got away. He was being man marked by Paul Pogba, and he yeah. buried it. He he came wide open. Like how the hell did he? It seems like it, it seems like uh, in football, like 
I'm you're so accustomed to seeing when when everybody's together on a corner, you're so accustomed to seeing, you know, something something happen, and then boom, the ball flashes in the net, a head, a toe, or a chest, or something pops out, and then boom, puts the ball in the back of the net. But Rudiger's goal, it's 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 refreshing to see. Like, damn, like he was completely left wide open. He was open. Yeah. Exactly, I saw it from near the end, exactly near the end of the pitch, so I had to actually look on the screen to see who scored it. But I just saw the leap, I saw the ball. De Gea had no chance. No, 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 no chance no. whatsoever. So refreshing to see for Rudiger because I would say he's been one of the best centre backs in the league this season. And yep. everyone's talking about Virgil van Dijk and no one's talking about Rudiger. But he has actually been, and for me last year, I was arguing whether we should be sending Zuma out on loan last year because I thought we didn't need Rudiger. But how wrong was I? You know, because oh. Rudiger last year played... How wrong was I? You know, and um, yeah, he played well last year. And then today he's taken... He's made that set, that centre-back position alongside David Luiz, his own, keeping Cahill and Christensen out of the team. So, yeah, I'm happy for him to grab his goal. He has been performing very well this year. I love Rudiger. I love him. Um, I, I was... I was singing his praises last year as well. I loved him. I I, I think um, I never questioned him being in the starting 11 going into this season. Um, he's not been I, as rushed this year. You know, he's making steady fouls on the left side last year. Um, mm-hmm. But he seems a lot more composed. He's bringing the ball comfortably out the back. He's passing range. You know, he's starting attacks from defense. Mm-hmm. You know, I, what more can he do from that position? Yep, yep. No, no, no. He's playing lights out right now. Um and 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 yesterday was great. Like it's it's always good for somebody to score a goal when they're doing everything perfect. Mm. And it that doesn't lead, you know, that's not goal scoring. So like a defender, when you're playing great like Rudiger is, it's always like it's like nobody counts how good you're playing unless you're scoring goals. Like for whatever reason. Yeah, that is like that- so, so it's just good that, yeah, he's doing his job amazing. His passing range, I'm sorry, like, is one of the things that, that I pointed out last year. Like, dude, this guy could send the ball anywhere he wants, inch perfect on the field, anywhere, anywhere. Exactly. And so, like, I, I had always, like, like, two things have always stood out, three things that always stood out, uh, with Rudiger for me his passing range his speed and his effort I think he's have you seen him lose a foot race I haven't seen him lose a foot race guys rapid as well very quick and it's like I mean I don't don't know if you play like video games of course uh, and you you see the FIFA and they've got his speed like 70 something or something stupid like that the guy is very quick you know he won't lose a foot race anytime soon no, 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 and I've always like, I've always uh, I saw it last year when we were played against Liverpool. Salah's that's what one... you need as well when you. That's what you need someone quick when you're playing a higher line, um, the way we do. So yeah, and and yeah. And, and one of the things that um on Twitter and I and I I wanted and specifically now that it, I'm happy that you again you went to the game yesterday. In mm-hmm. the first half, it looked like. And tell me if I'm wrong. Did it look like that Mourinho was allowing us to do whatever we wanted and he was trying to play the counterattack? And one thing that I know what I said was that because Mourinho is doing that, 
and he's letting the guy he's soaking up all the pressure he's releasing the counterattack. well for us that's what everybody does against us they sit deep back yeah. and then when they get the ball back they take off and leading into the season i was talking to joe tweedy and he was telling me about that and i'm like so i guess we're gonna need athletes to hustle and run um to make up to to regain that ground and he was like yeah 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 i think it was joe i'm almost positive it was joe and we saw it yesterday i mean as soon as we were giving the ball up in the first half the boys all of them got on their bikes and took off downfield and rudiger is always the first one back i mean yes yeah, that, he's 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 the first one yeah, him and devin louise are back there but he's always the first one to get on his bike and fly backwards yeah, him, him and Kante. Yep, yep. So at the end of the first half, talk to me. How were you feeling? Like, how were you feeling nah, leading into the first, first half? half because, it's frustrating because I did tweet at halftime, you know, even after the first goal, because I saw what Man United were doing. They didn't come to play football in the first half. They came to sit back, counter us, keep that scoreline respectable. I, I knew from the lineup. I just knew it, you know, they were coming out to play in the second half. And I tweeted out and I said, from our point of view, the players aren't showing any urgency. And this no. is why, to an extent, I hate the international break because the international break, when, when the team's flying, you know, it does kill off momentum, yeah? yeah. And it doesn't matter if we play, even if we play when we were playing bad last year, it's not we were relieved that there's an international break because we could have a break. But, yeah, yesterday we played with no, with no urgency, you know, after no. the one goal. Literally, man, you were there for the taking, killed them off, great chances, killed them off in the first half. Yeah, but a one nil is not a scoreline where we I could I was comfortable with. And second half, as that started, you know, the moment I saw, I don't know if you saw it on the screen, but I, the moment I saw Lukaku, he ran deep um to get the ball near the touchline. And then he whipped the ball over. I think it was who was it too? Rashford? This is when the Martial goal came from. When mm. he whipped the ball over. Let me think. The moment me I think. saw um Lukaku sprinting. I knew they, they were here to hurt us. I knew they were coming out to play this half. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. That's right, because it was on the left. Lukaku ran yeah. uh, with the ball on the left-hand side. Exactly. Yeah, yep. It was on the left-hand side. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I, he, did, he, did a, he didn't break sweat in the first half. The guy wouldn't move. The guy wouldn't run or chase down anything. As soon as he does that in the second half, you just know that Mourinho has gone and told them at half time to get at them and play. And it's typical Mourinho. You know, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine he went into halftime and he told them something along the lines. Well, well, that's it. They did the best that they could do. Uh, we've been defending great. Yeah, they got a, a, a goal on a corner. But what else did they do? And he probably told them, guys. Let's go out in the second half, and now let's punch them in the mouth. Let's let's exactly. now uh, go after them, get after them, and that's what they did. Um, on the 55th minute, we had a goal by Anthony Marshall, which that goal specifically. I mean, that that goal probably happened right in front of you, no? No, that was on the other side. Um, oh, on the I other side. Second half, I was in the Matthew Harding, so basically, yeah. the Barkley equalizer was at my end. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. So you had, I mean, the buildup of play. Every it, it seemed like everybody was back defending um, correctly, and Lukaku steps on uh, Marcus Alonso. Marcus Alonso stays down. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw that. Which that okay, that pisses me off. Um, well, they're not going to put the ball out of the net when they're in that out of play when they're in that position. You know, yeah. unless you're badly hurt, stay down. But if you're not, get the get back up. Exactly. It reminded me a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was at Old Trafford um, when we lost um, the year we won the title under Conte, and I think it was Cahill picking Lingard up because Lingard was down, and then Man United scored from it. I can't remember if you remember. I, don't, I think sure I do. I think I do. I think Cahill I do. Was lifting him up and helping him up when he should be there defending, and Man United scored from it. You know, and I mean, it's, unless you're injured, Alonso, you stay down. You know, unless you're seriously injured. Sorry, but. It was frustrating because the ball landed straight back to Martial. I mean, if it landed back to to Lukaku, maybe it would have taken him a while to sort his sort his feet out. But Martial in that position is a killer. His conversion rate is silly. You know, he's he was always going to finish because Kepa had no chance. You no. know, I don't think he died for it, did he? No, no, no. He didn't. He on. I don't think on both on both goals he didn't do anything. Yeah, but, uh, because on the second goal from Martial. He bent it to the right. Did he die? Yeah, there's not. Yeah, there's not. No, he did it. There's not much you can do. Yeah, there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you that, could do there. That low, and um, that accurate. Yeah. So like, I was furious, and then I, I, I went after Mike Dean, and I was like, "Yo, like, oh, mate, I, <laughs> this referee, I can't this stand. This guy him. is all about himself, in it. I can't Most stand him. I can't stand him either. However. I there's one ref that I swear I swear I'm putting it out there. If I see Chris Foy in real life, <laughs> in real life, minimum I'm having words with him, and then we'll take it from there. What that man did to Chelsea so many times. Well, I'll leave it in his hands. So I'm having words with him. I'm telling him. Now, what he wants to do, if he wants to, you know. Test his gangster after that, then we shall see. But I'm having words with him. Up oh, the 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 king of the castle is up, the little boy. <laughs> so, either way, um, but yeah, Mike Dean, I was pissed off at him. I was like, yo, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, he's down. Then after the match, find out that he actually did the right thing there. Um, yeah, exactly. He did the right thing, and now I just shifted my rage back to Alonso. Too many times, like I don't, I don't know if you watch uh, a lot of NFL football. No, I can't say I watch any fairness. All right, I grew up as a kid playing football, and it's one of the things that that uh, what are you doing, little boy? You, you. That's what you woke up with on your mind. So my son yesterday, my wife, uh, my wife, well, my son has long hair. So to to like prepare his hair to go out, we have a spray bottle with water in it. So yesterday, Ooh. he takes the spray bottle and he's running around the house spraying everything. The kid literally just woke up right now, and the first thing on his mind was to find spray bottle and start spraying everything. He's spraying the floors. He's spraying the dogs. The dogs are, they they they're like, bro, it's too early for this shit. But he is spraying everything. Unbelievable, buddy. Don't spray data. Little boy. So there was one thing as a kid 
that they always told us and and even when, when when I played in high school and it was one of the things that you come to recognize and you kind of don't like it when other people do it there's a saying you either hurt or you're injured if you're hurt yeah. you continue playing if you're injured you stop playing to, and 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 it was one of the things that where you're in the game and everybody's hurt but rarely somebody gets injured and if you're hurt on the play you continue playing you're not yeah. because you're not injured exactly man in in football and, and by football I mean soccer I feel like there's too many times that yes like with the whole flopping and stuff there's tactical and there like game there's reasons why you have to go down. Like if you're in the box, you don't risk it. You go down just in case you get the penalty. That is part of the game. I get it. But there's times, and Marcus Alonso showed us yesterday, where you're not injured. You might be hurt, but you're not injured. Have the wherewithal in that moment that the ball is in the box. The ball is, uh, you're, you're about to get scored on. Do not go down. Get up. Fight. I can okay, you get stepped on. He drops. He's like, ah oh, shit. Pop pop back up. Keep your head up. Don't stay down. Like and he was staying down, you know, like in hopes that the game would stop. That's not what we need that in that spot right there. And it cost us. And it cost us a goal. So listen, keeping up with Alonso. I thought yesterday's performance was tragic. And I'm hoping either I'm hoping that Emerson can actually get some game time and so we can actually stake a claim to try and become our first-choice left-back. I know Marcus Alonso has been decent this year, but yesterday, I don't know, this is what I mean about international football because before that, he played 90 minutes for Spain. Yeah. Um, but his performance yesterday, you saw Man United, they were constantly, whenever Hazard had the ball, that's when Man United would press and they would double up and first thing they would do was to try and take Hazard down. But, Again, Alonso offered no support no. on that left side to, to Hazard at all yesterday. I think there was one chance where, you know, he ran in behind and then the touch was bad and it went straight to the Hayer. Had he got that touch better, he might have scored. But that was the only chance that, you know, yeah. he actually made an effort to drive into the box to try and overlap and support Hazard. He just wasn't doing that enough yesterday. Yeah, yeah. No, I felt like his play yesterday and, and, and going into... Uh, and going into the second half, I mean, now that we're in the second half, the second goal, I believe, is his fault. Um, it came on the ball. Mata comes up on the left-hand side. That's yeah. Alonzo's side. Where the hell was he? Where the hell was he? for? To, to, it, David Luiz was the it, first defense defender that Mata encountered on the left-hand side. When That's, that's Alonzo's yeah. spot. Like, I, Yes, of course. Exactly. I got I to gotta review. I got to watch that play again. Bud, I gotta review and watch that play again to see uh, maybe Alonzo where he was in the beginning of the play. Yo, hold on a second. Hold on a second. All right, Kyra, stop. You can't wet me, bro. Marsha, help me out. The baby's here wetting me. He's with the spray bottle. Did you drink chocolate milk, bud? No chocolate milk. All right, let me put something on it. Where's your iPad, buddy? Ugh. All right, so he's entertained now. So I, I got to watch that play back to see what's going on uh, with Marcus Alonso. But, like, I, I, yeah, David Luiz made a mistake there. 
you know, by and, and I don't I don't his mistake wasn't he tried to he tried to intercept the ball. Yeah, it, cool. If you're gonna try to intercept the ball, you gotta intercept the ball. You can't try. You got to get the ball. You gotta get the ball. <laughs> so, okay, like yeah, he deserves criticism there. Um, but where was Alonzo? I don't see too many people asking where the hell was Alonzo on that because David Luis shouldn't have been the first one there. It should have been Alonzo. If Alonzo's exactly. there. It, David Luiz isn't there. You know what I'm saying? So I got to find the explanation for the reason why, because it could be a clear explanation of why Alonzo wasn't there. Maybe there was a buildup. There was an interplay, a one-two in front of that play that, you know, there, there's got to be a reason. But I still have the question of where was Alonzo. And so Mata brings the ball down on the left-hand side. And did he get it immediately to Marshall? I think for the first goal, yeah. It's the second goal. We're on the second goal. The second goal. No, it was Rashford. It met Rashford. Yes, that's right. Rashford. That's right. Was in so much space. Uh, Martial, sorry. Uh, same with Rashford as well. No one closing down quick enough. He played it straight over to to Martial, who yep. had so much time to get it out of his feet, to take a torch, set himself up, and bend it into the corner. You yep. know, and no no one got to him. Um, none of the defenders um, closed him down quick enough, in my opinion. Yeah, no, Aspie tried, but he, he wasn't he wasn't in position. I mean, again, no. think of who Aspie is in that play. Aspie's the right back, and the ball came. The ball came to the. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, the ball. Yeah, it was with. Yeah, so the Aspie's the right back, and the ball. Okay, if we're looking at it. It's the four. So Alonzo should have been there first to defend the play, but he wasn't, which forced David Luiz out to defend to defend uh, Mata, who brought the ball to Rashford. So now you have a, a, a no. Now you have Rudiger that makes his way to Rashford, forcing Aspie to the middle to cover Rudiger's spot, and everybody was just out of position there. Um, for the second goal. And how were you feeling when that second ball went in? Were you confident that we could come back? Or were you like, fuck, the game's over? Nah, in my head, I thought to myself, fuck, the game's over. You yeah. know, because of the way Man United were playing in the second half. And at the same time, I think it, I think at the time we had... Um, at the time we had... Was it still Murata and Green on the pitch? I can't remember. Uh, they said, I think they were still on the pitch. Hold on, let me see when yeah, they were subbed out. I mean, this is where Sorry had to make his substitution because I tweeted, I tweeted like, you know what, this L is going to be on Sorry. Um, but yeah, I thought the game was was over. I think on Aspie, you know, I might be critical of Willie and a lot too, but even with him at right back, he, the guy just doesn't get forward enough. I think. Yeah. But the thing is, would you play Aspie in a back two? I'm unsure. I'm unsure how he'd fare off in a back two. But ah, yeah. at right back, I'm not com- confident or comfortable with him here at this moment of time. I think defensively, okay, he's, he is good there. But he's contributing to, to attacks and getting forward. This is why our right-hand side of our team is so weak and it needs major investment. But, yeah, my thought process when the game, the second goal went in for Martial, I thought the game was done. Until I saw, you know, Giroud and Pedro come on. And then that's when I saw a bit more urgency from the team. The team were driving. I mean, Giroud's unreal. Like, 
This he was right in front of me. Whenever the ball was in the air, he was winning headers, backing back into defenders, doing them flicks that he does. You know them, um, yep. them acrobatic flicks he does to bring the ball down to players. Yeah, and same with Pedro. I mean, what was your thought process when the game when it, when he went two one? I thought the game was over, um, simply because I'm like, all right, so they've gone one up. We already know how this story is gonna end. Mourinho's gonna put five guys to the left of David De Gea and five guys to the right of David De Gea inside of goal, and they're gonna oh. build a brick wall, and there that ball's not going to the back of that. I was certain the game was over, um, but then. Barkley came on, and Barkley came on and played. He played he had a good game. He played like he was on stop. He was hungry, yes. fired up, winning winning possession back, playing the right passes, driving forward. I, I mean, I'm a, I can't say I'm not Ross Barkley's. I am I'm a fan of Barkley. I do really want him to succeed here. I think in that number eight role, I've seen what he can do. He has got the techers to score from range, score from outside the box. He just needs that consistent game time, the confidence. And I do hope he eventually, you know, comes good for us, you know. Again, someone that I do like as well is Loftus-Cheek. But obviously, because Loftus-Cheek went to the World Cup, you know, Barkley's had that time to work and train with um, Sorry, That's where Loftus-Cheek is at a different disadvantage. But where where Barkley came on, um, you know, he was adding more from midfield than Kovacic was in, in that period of the second half for me. Yeah, I, when, all right, so Giroud and Pedro come on, and I'm like, oh, this is the starting 11 that, that should have been there. And then I'm like, ah, shit, Ross Barkley. I wouldn't, damn it, I would have liked Kovacic. This, the starting 11, in my opinion, should always be Giroud, Pedro, Hazard, Kova, Jorginho, Conte, the back four, and and uh, uh, Kepa. Jesus Christ. I was going to yeah. say, and the, and the, and the keeper and the keeper should be Aspilicueta. Like, literally, my mind wanted to say that. <laughs> Fucking brain. <laughs> so, Malala is that same as yours. Yeah, yeah. That's, that should be the starting 11 until proven other, until shown otherwise. That should be the starting 11. Um, but when I see Ross playing, I'm like, damn, look at Ross. Ross is out there hustling. There was a play where... He bodied, who did he body out of the way to regain the ball? It was like a minute or two before the goal. That's what I tried to refer to, but I can't remember exactly who it was. Yeah, he bodied somebody for the ball, and I'm like, look at Ross. I was like, let's go. I was hype. Mind you, still, again, put you in my household. Everybody's sleeping. Everybody's sleeping. My wife is sleeping. The baby's sleeping. So I'm like, I'm in front of my TV. I'm like, let's go. Come on, Ross! Literally at that, at, at that, at that uh, volume, and when the ball, I we get the corner, I see the David Luiz hit the header. I'm like motherfucker, and then I'm like Rudiger, boom! When Ross put that ball in the back of the net, I screamed. I was like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, same with me. I mean, I dropped my phone. I smashed my phone screen. Oh, my hell voice, no. My voice went. I'm hugging some random guy in front of me that I don't even know. It was literally an amazing feeling. The sense of unity, the togetherness was there within the fans. And then, you know, and it was a nice feeling. But I think for me, the moment I saw Asby get the ball after that first corner rebounded back to him, I was thinking to myself, Aspi, do not pass that ball backwards. Put it in the box. Because, <laughs> you know, Aspie likes it. To yeah. pass the ball back, pass it sideways. I was like, I was screaming. And thankfully, he chipped the ball in with his left foot and it landed to Luis. Um, he slammed off the post. 
Rudiger, De Gea saved it, and then Ross Barkley was there to tap it in. And, mate, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was, I don't know. Why actually, I've not watched it back. I mean, because all I heard afterwards was after the fans were celebrating, all I heard was, fuck off Mourinho, fuck off Mourinho. <laughs> what, actually, what happened? Like, I don't know. Because I've not watched it back myself. Yeah, um, I have to watch it back too because I'm I'm screaming, I'm yeah, and my wife comes out. I thought I in that moment she could have killed me, easy, easy. She was yeah. so angry she could have killed me. She's like, shut the fuck up. She would have killed me, but I, I bro, I I I re- like. I'm the first one. I said it on the last podcast. I'm the first one. I've been the first one to get on Ross Barkley's ass. But the dude is showing why. Like, okay, the thing with Morata. Ross Barkley is doing the things, everything you need to do to change your narrative. Hustling, effort, it doesn't have to go right for you, but as long as you show the thi- as long as you do the things that you could control to the best of your abilities, you'll get the benefit of the doubt. And Ross right now, he got the benefit of the doubt, and now he's doing the things, so he's making it to a point. Sorry, re- he's getting it to a point where sorry, really, really, really is gonna have to think. Week in, week out, who the hell do I start here? Kovacic or Barkley? If Barkley can continue to score, he's going to overtake Kovacic. He's going to overtake him because he is playing. He's doing everything that needs to be done. Granted, he did. He did fuck up yesterday. Exactly. So, exactly. He fucked up yesterday when he first came on. He had a few plays there. I'm like, God. Damn you, Barkley. But at the Ooh. end of it, you don't remember. All you remember is him bodying the, ball. Bodying the, 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 the defender off of the ball to get the ball, to recover the ball back on a 50-50 and the goal. And, you know, so and then you brought up uh, you brought a fuck off Mourinho. When were you still celebrating? You weren't paying attention what was going on, on the sideline. I was I was celebrating. Like, <laughs> I was celebrating. I, I had my arms around some guy because no one was chanting it in my stand. It was the other stand where the dugout was. I think I think and I'm not sure what stand it is. I think it's the east, but yeah, um, or the west. Um, but yeah, I, well, that's all I heard. Um, apparently, well, I've seen the video of him holding up three fingers, etc. Um, but yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't hate the guy. I'm not gonna just shank fuck off Mourinho. I do think the guy's a, as I would say, I call him a prick. I call him a bastard. But he is that for me. Don't take it out of context in a bad way. I do believe that he's a prick in a good way. You know, he's a funny prick. You know what I mean? Like his personality is like no other. You know the way he will um, when it, when it, things are going good for him. You know, um, like when we won the league in 14, 15, or the leagues previously, he was just a crowd. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't hate Mourinho. Of course, I don't want wish him any success at Man United. But if he was at a different team like Inter Milan, AC, or Real Madrid, I'd wish him more the success in the world. But because he's at Man United, I'm not going to show him any love at all. But I'm not going to disrespect him after everything that he has achieved with us um, and champ fuck off Mourinho. I don't know if you stand or I what stand, are your views on that. I stand okay. Like 
all is fair in love and war. So I, in the moment, of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to chant, fuck off Mourinho. Of course. Yeah. But do I mean it? No. No, I don't mean it. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. I was um, heartbroken and furious when the, when the club sacked him. Um, oh yeah. On the second time, I, I was furious. I was, um, I hadn't officially like, like I hadn't officially become a Chelsea supporter on his first day. I, I just got into because again in the United States we didn't like football wasn't as it wasn't everywhere like it is now, but um, so I didn't I didn't have that love for him. Uh, on his first go around, but on his second go around, I was heartbroken. I was heartbroken when the club sacked him. I thought that we were going to be a disaster, um, and not be able to recover for years and years and years, um, after Mourinho. So at my heart, I have love for the man, but in the moment, of course, I'm gonna scream. I would have, I would have been there, both arms in the air, both two middle fingers in the air. Just fuck off, Mourinho. But do I mean it? No, no. He, yeah. what he's done for the club, um, you know what I had to learn about on his first day, what he did for the club on his first day, what he did for the club, um, and to live through what he, uh, the great times that we had on his second go around at the club. He, he he's a. You know, he's a club legend for us forever. And, you know, when he gets to the end of his career, he'll openly speak about, I think he'll openly speak about how much he loved um, and will always love. And I'm sure Chelsea is the, might be, you know, number one or number two um, of his favorite teams that he's managed. Um, He's forever tied to us, forever. But, oh, um, I think he, I think he yeah. deeply loves us. I don't think he shows Man United the same type of love. And if anything, he does. You know, when he's talking at the Man U fans, I think it's all fake. You know, the guy yeah. is not even... He still doesn't even live in Manchester. The guy's still living in a hotel. His family is still in London, in London as well. So, yeah. I think all the... Deep down, he does love Chelsea. And as, as soon as Man United pull the trigger and eventually get rid of him, because they will do eventually, yeah. then he will come straight back to Stamford Bridge and start showing us love. Probably even you can probably even see him there actually because I mean I walked past. Guess who I saw at the bridge yesterday? Talk to me. I saw uh, Avram Grant <laughs> walk past to me and I said hello. <laughs> yeah, I saw, and he said he said hello back to me, you know, and you know he will be there coming to watch us as soon as Man United pull the trigger eventually. Yeah, that eventually, eventually. So at the end of it, um, currently we are sitting at. 21 points in third place, two points behind Liverpool and City. Um, with nine games played, we still got. There should be a match going on right now. Who's left yeah, to play? Yeah, uh, Crystal Palace. No, Arsenal play tomorrow as well. Yeah, Arsenal play tomorrow against Leicester, right? And yeah. so today is going to be Crystal Palace and Everton. Um, and. That's pretty. I mean, well, I, I don't think we really touched on the the brawl after after the Ross Barkley goal, but in Honestly, my I haven't seen. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in my opinion, like it is what it is. Like in that moment, everybody's fired up. I put it on Twitter that I screamed out. My wife wanted to kill me. Like in the moment, everybody, everybody 
you know, is full of passion. And, and, and even after Mourinho said he, if, you know, he forgave everybody if they truly mean it and everybody's going to move on. I do. Well, I, I don't know if, of a, of a, how much of a UFC fan is, but I'm certain you saw the Khabib and Connor. Oh, uh, of course. Brawl. I love Khabib. I oh, want the Khabib to win. Oh, I really? Khabib. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, man. I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. Um, nah, the moment someone starts being disrespecting your religion, calling out your family, that's it for me. I like Conor McGregor too, innit? But there's levels, there's levels to that shit, man. You don't go for someone's family. Not even religion. You do not go for someone's family. If someone called my family, straight away, I'm killing them, bro. Yeah. Straight away. Yeah. You know, but... so I understand Khabib to, to an extent. Well, and like... I really want. I'm happy that he won. Yeah, like in that moment. Um. First, after the Khabib fact, keep respectful. Yeah, yeah. Khabib did. I, I again, I'm somebody that enjoys in sport mm. a good shit talking. Like I'm that yeah, guy yeah. on the field and stuff. I mean, but Connor, Connor versus Mayweather, I love that shit, man. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it. Like I loved but it. There's levels. Yeah, there's shit levels. Again. Like you gotta know. You gotta know that. You, I mean, there are fighting, but you gotta know that. Listen, you might be talking shit to the wrong guy. Yeah. You might take it too far, and I think that's what happened here uh, with the Khabib fight. He took him. He took it a little bit too far, um, and I think yesterday, and with that fight, if after the after with the Khabib and Connor thing, and even yesterday, I feel the same way. But at the end of the day, everybody's grown men. And there isn't a human alive that, or there isn't a grown man alive that a little pushing and shoving is gonna, you know, hurt your feelings. Um, we're men, okay? Uh, even, uh, even a, a, a fist fight, as long as nobody gets seriously injured, you get a fat lip or a black eye, and that's the end of it, bro. It's, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's. At the end of the day, you're a man. And mm. it's not like we're you're, you're it's a man and a woman that's two different things a man and a child that's two different things two grown men pushing and shoving uh, a slap a fist fight that you know again that nobody gets seriously hurt and especially if you could go to work the next day in the moment yeah it's no good but at looking back on it, it what happened really really what happened nothing so that that's how, that's my opinion on it. Uh, it's not oh, that big of a deal. I, I want to um, point out as well. I, yesterday, I don't think Hazard actually had a good game. I mean, had a bad game, sorry. I think he actually had a good game just because he didn't score. Yeah. People seem to think that Hazard didn't have this greatest game. I thought he beat players. You know, at the time, he was very isolated, got no support. The guy was moving deep, coming centrally. Um, I do think, though, know, at times, um, yesterday, he could have drifted onto the right. You know how he scored that fantastic goal against Liverpool in the cup from that right-hand side? Yeah. I do feel if, you know, he should have tried to test out the right-hand side more, come up, go up against Luke Shaw. But, yeah, all in all, I thought, you know, he beat players, tried to create chances, but, he again, tried. there was no support. They weren't running into the box, and he can't do it on his own. But one thing that shocked me was when I was in the stand, there was um, a Chelsea fan. That The older generation are so fucking weird, like, and the Chelsea fan was shouting to Hazard, you know, fucking do something. If you're not going to do something because you want to leave, just fuck off out the club. And I what? looked at the guy and I was like, yeah, I looked at him and I was like, what the fuck? Like, I even tweeted it yesterday. Like, are you are you serious? Are you watching the same game as me or what? I mean, 
The older generation are so reactionary. They're weird. You know, I think they want him to score a goal, but they don't look at the actual performance as well. Because I thought he performed well yesterday. <laughs> well, yeah, it was just strange to me. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I didn't see him. I, he didn't, in my opinion, he didn't have a bad game. He just, it's like, again, he's a human being. Every game he can't, he can't, he can't, you know, put a highlight reel together. And I think he did everything he possibly could. Like, what more do you want? You're not, like, there has to be room. Um, and I saw this yesterday on, where was it where I saw it? But either way, the point was that there has to be room in a game when you're looking back on it, when you're reviewing a game, for Ooh. the other side, for the other team to play well. So he tried everything, but, you know, Manchester United and Jose Mourinho did well on strategizing for Eden Hazard. There has to be room mm. for that. Hazard can have an amazing game and also not appear on the stat line because the other team did well. Like, it's not one or the other. They're not mutually exclusive. So, in my opinion, Hazard had a great game. Not a great game. He had a good game. He had a good game. He did everything he could. He couldn't. He had no striker, and he didn't have anybody on the right. But you did bring up something that I thought of this week when I saw it and it was a video of a 16 year old Eden Hazard destroying grown men I think it was in Belgium it was a highlight reel mm. and the one thing that I saw in that highlight reel was Eden Hazard killing it from the right hand side and mm. you're I think I think and they did it in preseason was it preseason or was it I think it was a preseason or was it in Arsenal where Hazard and William switched, or Hazard mm -hmm. and Pedro switched. And I really think that that might that we that, that might that could be explored of Hazard going to the right hand side like in the middle of a game or switch or something because Hazard has the freedom to go anywhere and he has the ability to do anything from anywhere. So we might yeah. want we might want to look into that if if William is so great, if he's such a great player from the left hand side. All right, when he comes into the game, switch him, switch him. They should be William and Hazard should be switching back and forth if if William is that great because Hazard, if from the right hand side, it's not like Hazard. Hazard prefers the left, but it, it's not like when he gets on the right hand side, he's he's useless. He may go from an elite player to a great player on the right-hand side, but apparently William goes from a, a, a good player to an elite player when he's on the left-hand side. So switch him. Back and forth. Why can't they, you know, throughout the game, be switching back and forth or certain parts of the game? You know, I, and I'm and I'm sure, dude, I'm just a guy. If, I, there, if I'm coming up with that question, I'm sure... There's a hundred managers and especially a hundred managers, a hundred professionals in the world that know the answer to my question, especially sorry. And hit then and the coaching staff, they know the answer to that question. And I'm and I'm sure of it. But it's still I'm asking the question, why can't Hazard and whoever's on the right hand side? Because Pedro could go to the left as well. Um, why can't they constantly switch back and forth throughout the game? Um mm. 
I'm I'm just asking you. So, my I mean, man. One thing that uh-huh. I noticed yesterday as well was as to why. I mean, let's we we've, we've struggled for years with people that take corners at our club for some reason. But yes. Why? Why? Why was it that? Um, we went from William taking set pieces and corners to Hazard in the second half because Hazard's delivery yesterday was kind of poor from corners. Um, I think Williams caused more of a threat and he actually reached players and there were balls that players could attack. I just didn't understand why why they switched. Well, there's sometimes that, what was it, last game? That Williams' corners were like, Jesus, are you kidding me? These are terrible. Yes. Like, well, it's weird. We, corners we haven't we been able to figure well, out. <laughs> yeah. Because Rudy really scored from one, I would have kept the same the same energy and left really on the corners personally and the free kicks. Yeah, but uh, my man, do you have anything else you want to add to the podcast? Uh, no, it's not much. Um, I think um, been a pleasure talking to you um, about football. Of course, I had a fantastic day yesterday. I even met Nini in person for the first time. My boy um, Nini. And yeah, man, the guy, the guy's great. It was great to listen to him as well in person. So, and get his insight on the game. But other than that, if you want to um, message me or tweet me or follow me on YouTube, my YouTube is at Deluded Blue. I'm actually considering changing my Twitter handle name and changing my YouTube channel name because it doesn't really represent who I am as a person, if you know what I mean. So, but I'll have to get into that in my own video. Um, but yeah, that's it for the part. Obviously, I'd like to thank Christian Christian for having me on here. Um, it's been overdue. It's been overdue. And I'm glad I share my experiences with him and people that are listening. So yeah, Christian, so Christian, keep up the good work. I keep calling you Christian. It's all good, <laughs> my I'm brother. Like, it's all good. I feel like yeah. Andreas Christian. I feel like he and I share a connection. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so like I, through throughout football, like. I get so jealous, like, all right, just between us, right? Between us and the listeners. I get jealous when I see people with jerseys, with uh, players. Like, I, okay, I would never get a – I feel weird about getting a jersey. And if anybody has one, that's fine. That's on you. Like, everybody has their different likes. But I would feel like a little bit of a dork if I got a jersey with my last name on it. Like, you know? Like, uh, I feel weird. Yeah. But I get so jealous when like i see people that they're actually like they have the last name smith and then they're getting a player's you know jersey that shares the last name man like i wish i had that so like my last name nobody has i think i've searched it i think like there's one dude in south america that has my last name my last name is uh, is cabrera cabrera okay mine's actually smith So, so I get like I'm like anytime anytime like I, I don't I don't get that opportunity to have somebody with with a last name shared sh- yeah. as me. But but um but first name, yeah, Christian. Like any every, a lot of people have Christian, like so like I've kind of like I'm like I'm team Cristiano Ronaldo. Like yeah. partly is because of the player, the other part is because of his name. Like, you know, so like yeah. anybody that has anything Christian. Like mm. name wise, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's my boy, that's my guy. So Andreas yeah. Christensen, I mean, the talk about Christian Pulisic coming to Chelsea, like, bro, like, part of it, a small part of it is him coming over as a player. Another small part of it is him being an American coming over to play mm. as to Chelsea. But 
a majority of it is that there's going to be a guy named Christian playing for Chelsea Football Club. Like, that has me like, I, I really hope he comes to Chelsea. <laughs> oh, shit. So, my man, where can people find you on Twitter? Yeah, my Twitter is... You can follow both because I'm going to try and merge over my Deluded Blue account to my personal account. My personal account is at Carlton Smith 12 um, But as of now, you can follow me on Twitter um, at Deluded Blue and my YouTube's at Deluded Blue as well. You know, um, that's where you can find me at. Please, uh, to the millions and billions of people around the world listening to this podcast, do yourself a favor if you don't have a Twitter account, create a Twitter account simply to follow my man, Deluded Blue, right. Carlton Smith. So, you know, show him some love. Show him uh show him the 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 the, the warmth that our family can give somebody. And uh you won't regret it because his content is great, his YouTube channel is great, his insights on Twitter are great. Go out there and uh and support a member of our family. My man. My boy Blue, anytime you want, you you're welcome here. There's a key under the doormat. It's all yours, my friend. You're welcome on the podcast any single time. Respect. I plan to try and go to Chelsea versus Manchester City, um, and I'm looking. I'm looking at Spurs away. So if I can get that, I will have to come back here. Absolutely done. Done. Let, we'll just do it. We'll do it. Uh, Anytime you'll be my uh match day reporter. So yeah. the, the official all American Chelsea match day reporter. Um and you know, I I love your insights, so I, I I'd I'd be, you know, grateful to have you share them here on the podcast. Um anytime, anytime, my man. All right, respect for that, bro. Thank you very much. All right, no, thank you for coming on. Everybody, this is the end of the interview. All right, that was the... Oh, shit, I always hate hearing myself. All right, so that was the interview with the homie Deluded Blue. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for to him for coming on the podcast. Um, after, I mean, he told you he had a long day yesterday, and uh, he came on the podcast. Um, I'm grateful to every single guest um, for everybody. I'm grateful to the listeners for every single body that's supporting the movement. Um, and that includes the homie Deluded Blue, uh, Carlton Smith, that came on the podcast. Um, that's pretty much it, man. That's all I got. Well, listening back. So as you guys know, I do this in two parts. I record the interview, then I do an intro, then I do an outro. So I was listening back to the intro. One, I'm, it's one take. I'm not going to record it back, but God damn it. I was listening to it. First, it's October 21st, not, I said December 21st, and I got to get better in enunciating my words clearly because, bro, I sound like if I have fucking marbles in my mouth, I sound terrible. So, and, and no, you can, I already know what you're thinking. Fuck you guys. So. Um, that's it. That's it for this, uh, for this podcast. Uh, thank you again to the homie Deluded Blue. This week coming up, we have Europa League on Thursday. And then we're back at it on the weekend. Who do we play next? Hold on, let me find out. Who do we play next? 
I'm getting my phone out. Fixtures. Burnley on Sunday. Then Wednesday on Halloween, we play Derby County in the Carabao Cup. So we'll be back. I'll hit you guys up on Friday morning uh, for a post and pre. And then I'll get you guys again for Burnley. So we got a jam-packed week coming up. Jam-packed week. Chelsea play Everton the day after my birthday. Um, it should, should this should be awesome. This should be awesome. So, all right, guys. Um, that's the end of today's interview. Um, that's the end of today's podcast. I want to say thank you again to my guests. Thank you to you guys. Uh, please on Instagram follow me at All American Chelsea on Twitter. All American CFC. Um, follow Diluted Blue on Twitter. Subscribe to his YouTube channel on iTunes. All reviews. Thank you for them. Um, if you're so inclined to leave a review, please leave a review. Please reach out to me. Um, let me know how I'm doing. Give me some constructive criticism. It all helps. Um, on Spotify, anywhere that you could leave a review for the channel. I mean, for the podcast, it's appreciated. I thank you. Um, got the website coming up. I already started designing that. What else do I got? I got nothing else. That's it. That's it for today's episode. I'm talking too fucking much. Um, I love each and every single one of you. Remember, don't fucking quit on your goddamn dreams. Don't give them up, man. Don't give up on your fucking dreams. If I'm doing this. You could do whatever the fuck you want to do and know that I'm in your corner. And whatever you're doing, I'm in your fucking corner supporting you, doing whatever, going to war with whoever to fucking make your dreams happen. I'm with you. We're family. We're brothers. We're sisters. Whatever you need, I got you. I'm supporting you 100%. All right? Make it happen. I fucking love you, each and every single one of you. And I'll talk to you again to you soon. Uh, you heard that? And I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you again soon. I love each and every single one of you. I, I need to relax. I need to relax. I love you guys. Have a great day. Got a white bitch snoring up snow. Says she want real niggas in a party. Parents gonna leave the keys to the condo. Bitch close the door. The shit on your nose. She said she want more. She said she want more. So I'ma get more. Yeah, I'ma get more. Bitch, close the door. The shit on your nose. She said she want more. She said she want more. So I'ma get more. Yeah, I'ma get more. I just put an eight in a leader. With a white bitch sniffing on Beaver. Are you sure you wanna party with the demons? Bitch, looking for a phone, I ain't seen it. Told Frost, been the water, no Fiji. Free sticks, I'm pulled up and I'm leaning. I got a couple pussy niggas in their feelings. Cause the main bitch wanna come see me. She said she want more. Your girl is a hoe. You need to let go. She fucked on my bros. She snowed in the snow. Now she touching the toes. She got hand in the cold. All in the nose. If they kid down the door, we gon' get locked for sure. She said she want more. Fuck it. 
I'ma get more, I'ma get more, I'ma get more, I'ma get more, I'ma get more. Nightmare, high life, sleepy, night night, flashes, spotlight, pulling, nice guy, help it, peace, peace, beast it, bite me, bite me, strike me, indict me, sniper, swipe it, drop it, drop it, I'm lit, like. Back to the hood, Lambo. Crush jams, girl jams in my soda. Ride, ride city with my eyes closed. Crazy girls got it poppin'. AOD got it poppin'. Tryna text my accountant. Ain't no service in the mountains. Won't you come to the bottom? Know you heard a lot about them. Heard they take that, then they change like a moon I watch him take that, then they change like a moon Pulled out of the hood, Toyota. Drove back to the hood, Lambo. I just put an eight in a leader. Throw some Jolly Rancher in, make it sweeter. Versace my clothes, I wear a white hole and she snorting three lines like Adidas. A black girl rolling off Molly. Got a white bitch snoring off snow. Said she want real niggas in a party. Parents gonna leave the keys to the condo. Bitch, close the door. This shit on your nose. She said she want more. She said she want more. So I'ma get more. Yeah, I'ma get more. Bitch, close the door. The shit on your nose. She said she want more. She said she want more. So I'ma get more. Yeah, I'ma get more.